to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, freedom, flow, agorism, anarchy, and more. We'll discuss how to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. This is Mike the Polymath coming from the Easy Peasy Workshop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining. Welcome to the WTF Forum, y'all. We're officially live. Uh, for those of you just joining us, I'm sorry to say you missed Garrett's llamas or uh, emus or his sister's emu, which is kind of, it's more, that's more sexual, um, but we shouldn't oh, go there, should we? <laughs> oh, I'll pocket something. Yeah, I bet you would, Ando. Well, I tell you what, should we let's go around the circle. Uh, I think we may have one or two more jump in eventually, but uh, we'll go around. We'll make our introductions. I will start Mike, the polymath, easy peasy podcast. Uh, I'll leave it at that. What do you got for us? Uh, Skinwalker. I'm Skinwalker tactical on Instagram. Uh, I'm your friendly local cryptid in a cheap meat suit. And um, that's about all I got today. Um, Voodoo Boomstick over at um, Twitter. Uh, not really else. I mean, I have an Instagram, but I don't really post anything besides shit post to my stories, and you know, that's about it. But on Twitter, I'm I'm fairly active. I'm Bear Snare. Uh, my friends hate Freedom Podcast and ArielPowell.bandcamp.com for my music. Nice. Hey, Dad Bod, your mic's off if you're trying to. Oh, man, I, I don't have is. anything worth following. I got a got a shitty YouTube channel and a shitty Instagram and a Twitter I don't post on. So <laughs> just, just, here to, just here to troll and maybe get a laugh or two in. Y'all become uh, friends with OG Dad Bod on Twitter. Yeah, well, is, is your YouTube channel, is that under OG Dad Bod? Yeah, yeah, it's either OG Dad Bod or OG Dad Bod and add a one. Okay. All right. Ando, Burn Babylon Burn and the Doom Kitchen. You can find it on Podcatchers under Burn Babylon Burn. The Doom Kitchen is my Twitter name and my interview show. Um, but yeah, libertylinks.io slash the Doom Kitchen. Uh, I will and plug one more thing. I just get I got bumped up to co host on AKs and, and Assholes podcast. Uh, oh yeah, recorded, we recorded an episode not too long ago. Uh, today, just a couple hours ago, with uh, Luke of Biting the Bullet. It was pretty good. Sweet man, I didn't yeah. know that. Congrats! Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and Ando and I just did a we did a swap cast uh, a couple days ago. Talked about some some stuff. 
Uh, I imagine there may be just a little bit of overlap here with what we talked about the other day, but uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, you can find it on either his show or mine. Um, but it was fun, man. It was good to do just a, another one-on-one, you know. That you was know. the most recent Burn Babylon Burn, right? Correct. Yep. I, don't know. I just listened. That was good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I love doing racist podcasts with my friends. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You know, it was funny, man, like listening back through, I only listened to the first like 20 minutes and I'm like, did I really need to make that joke about, um, who's, who's the most, uh, (laughs) who's the most oppressed group? Like, you know, but I hope people don't misunderstand, you know, I'm not saying that like blacks and Jews aren't oppressed. I'm just saying that the small business owner is more oppressed. I thought I I guess they'll. (laughs) <laughs> They'll unfreeze your account now. You'll hey, you should be okay now. Now that I clarified, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Jonah for sure. Jonah Feinberg was really great in that in that movie. So uh, I'm I'm over all my anti-Semitism. <laughs> <laughs> if it works for Kanye, man, what the fuck? You know, it ought to work for all of us. <laughs> God damn it. Is this a uh, Yeetler 24? Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I think we're back. Dude, I I'm all in on Yay. I just saw I just saw RFK Jr say that he's all for the war in Ukraine and I am Are you serious? all against that. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it was it was heartbreaking. So, yeah, all in Yay 24 Afro man vice president and yeah. There we yeah, go. And Steven and Yay again. Steven Seagal for Secretary of State, right? Nah, SecDef for Seagal. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough, yeah, right. <laughs> He's all we need. He is the Defense Department. Exactly. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, uh, you know, should we jump right into it, fellas? Uh, you know, I've got a few things that that I thought that Ando and I might cover, but we didn't quite get to. I could pull, I could pull some of it up. What do you say? Absolutely. Go for it. It. Yeah. All right. What should we start with? How about food? Food. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Like Give me a minute food. here. I mean, so what's how much have y'all been paying for a dozen eggs lately? Let me ask you um, that. Like three dollars because. I've been getting them from some of the local farmers. Yeah. That's because you're smart. Nerd. Yeah, I've been getting jumbos for four fifty. Um mediums are unclassified local for around around three fifty four. I, well, I only heard... go to diners, so I, I I've hardly ever am home to cook or anything. So yeah. I pay a lot more per dozen. But I get my dozen. You buy eggs three at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Two to three at a time. Yep. I've heard uh, some people are paying as much as like, you know, 10 bucks a dozen. Damn. Yeah. I've, I've seen that online, but I certainly haven't seen it in person. As I said, no, I haven't me neither. met anyone in person who's paying that much. It's probably just people in California and New York City. Yeah. Because hell, in my area, you're still getting, I think... I want to say it's like 18 eggs for, I want to say it's like seven bucks, according to one of my friends. But 
It's also been like a month ago. All right. I think I think I've got this shit figured. Hang on. Uh do, do, do. I you know, I struggle here, fellas. Um You gotta be smarter than the computer, Mike. You gotta be smarter than the computer. And that's not easy for me. <laughs> all right. Is it up? It is, in fact. Yep. yep. Okay. All right. Tell me if you can hear it. No. Nope. No. Hmm. This is Eric Adams. How about now? I am a vegan. Can you hear it? There we go. Yeah, no, that, that was there. just my impression. That was that was. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> it sounded convincing. Hang on. Nothing, huh? Nothing. Nothing. Um, I am your New York mayor. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be oh, shit. It might be because it's on Twitter. We'll try YouTube video. You can get it from you go to SSS Twitter and you can download whatever videos on Twitter. It sounds really difficult. You just SSS Twitter.com. Yeah, and then you play it, paste the link in there. Yeah, right click on the video or address uh, bar. Is that a clan hat to the left? Kind of yeah. looks like it, don't it? Nah, he's he's just the uh, secretary of street food vendors. <laughs> That's one of those vagina hats from from the Me Too protest. Wait, is it is really it a neo vagina hat? It straight up just looks like one of those street food vendors hats to me. I don't know. It probably is. It's the uh, no soup for you guy. Ah, yeah, the soup Nazi. <laughs> Guys, I am I am terrible at this. I mean, you're better than <laughs> I am because you know. <laughs> All right, tell me if you can hear this one. All right. No. No. Nothing. Doesn't seem to be coming through. Oh my god. See, this is why I need Jared. Damn it, Jared. I'm going to start getting Oh, hey, we got Black Labs in the house. Thank God. Nope. Oh, and he's gone. <laughs> oh. Cuz he he can do it. Yeah, well, he says the his audio is in turnip land. Hmm, where is Turnip Land? Um, most of Eastern Europe. Oh, okay. East of Ancapistan? Is that, I don't remember, is Ancapistan by the Caucasus or is that, uh, uh, shit, I can't think of another meme country. <laughs> no, I'm thinking Albonia. Never mind. <laughs> that sounds like a fun place to be. What am I doing? All right. I think I, I think I figured this shit out, um, potentially. Hang on. Oh, no. My pizza rolls have thawed. All right. Tell me if you can hear this now. Devastating news. Yeah. Yes. yes. Tonight, more than 18,000 cows. Yeah, 18,000 are dead. And one you can hear it. I can't hear it. Explosion at a dairy farm. Huh. Yeah, we can. We can hear it. About an hour southwest of Amarillo, the Texas State Fire Marshal's office says the explosion happened at the farm and spread to the building where the cattle were being held. The sheriff's office held out that he believes that the fire there may have started from an overheated machine. Hmm. Sounds about right. All right, so I couldn't hear any of that. So what did well, it say? It said the machines are trying to kill us. 
So it's they're the cutting us off from food. Basically, it's saying some cattle burnt up from a fire that's they believe started from an overheated machine, which sounds plausible. So I, I guess derailed. Yeah, well, it's hard for me. Like I, I can't figure if if all this is just like faulty uh, infrastructure that's finally falling apart, or if shit's being targeted. Um, well, reason I say it's it sounds plausible in this case is, uh, like I say, living and growing up on farms enough. I don't know how they are as far as uh, their economic status down in Texas, but if it's not a reasonably wealthy farm, they're working with at least 30-year-old equipment. So you're looking at things where they've had to keep things limping by rebuilding bearings and things, and if they didn't necessarily seal it, it's feasible that stuff got in, bearings locked up, bearings overheated, and then caught fire. That's A lot of the times if you see combines burning, that's what's happened to them. It's a reasonably common thing with older farm equipment, but I don't know necessarily, like say, how well off that farm was in Texas. Yeah, I know I've burned up about $50,000 worth of motors in the last eight months. So, yeah, Woo! when they let loose, it isn't pretty. Yeah, and, it, and it's quick. That bearing's gone before you even realize it. Yeah, and you don't realize how much heat there is when the damn uh, windings burn up and just go. If you've ever seen an arc flash, uh, I mean, it's violent, it's quick, it's explosive. So, oh, yeah. My take is just that um, each explanation, while each explanation seems plausible, the drastic explanation or the drastic um, acceleration of it within the last couple of years is so crazy that it's hard to believe that it's just crumbling infrastructure because that's been happening for a while now. And it could easily be a mixture of the two where it's crumbling yeah. infrastructure and then also malicious intent of trying to collapse those yeah. critical infrastructure pieces. I mean, it's not that hard to believe that somebody would intentionally de derail a train or that, you know, it could have also just been a bad break. And then also, like he was saying, it could also be just about anything at this point. There's no real answers. It's more questions than answers. Well, something I think we might have touched on with the rail stuff the last time I was on. Uh, yeah, we did with the uh, just-in-time stuff with the uh, rails where they're micromanaging a lot tighter. That's what those rail strikes were about was uh, – sorry for the background noise. Basically, a lot of rail workers were saying, no, we know where this is going to go. We're not going to have time to properly maintain equipment and infrastructure in the next couple of years, you're going to be seeing a lot more, you know, a severe uptick and stuff. And like something that's noted is a lot of people are trying to claim that this isn't necessarily an uptick from last year. But if you go back farther, you see that since they've implemented the more modern systems, yeah, they have had an uptick in failure. And I think that might be a lot of what we're seeing. And it could be malicious. It could be something entirely organic. It's hard to say. Well, I think this uh, New York City mayor-elect, he's not yet mayor, I don't think. Well, actually, no, he is. He is. He's but, mayor. You're getting that mixed up with Chicago. You're right. You're right. Um, That's right. They voted out the corpse. <laughs> they did. The they did. Keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think she Maybe looks like use. I think she looks like Schmeagel. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell me if you can hear this one. 
is to eat less yep. meat yep. to combat climate change. I don't know why, but I can't. It's weird. Food is the third biggest source of cities' emissions right after builders and transportation. But all food is not created equal. The vast majority of food uh, that is contributing to our emission crisis lies in meat and dairy products. That is According to new data released by the city, 20... So he says uh, all food is not created equal, right? <laughs> like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean, bro? Yeah, just eat the bugs and, and eat the <laughs> fucking soy. The soy, yeah, I yeah. Sus I suspect that ties back to that old claim... Do you guys remember about a decade back they were trying to say that uh, cows were producing a lot of methane and they were claiming that they're it was... still saying it. Yeah. 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 Claiming yeah. that when that's not physiologically a thing that they do, it's probably just that. Well, they, they produce more methane when they're stuffed with corn and soy, but if yeah. they're raised on grass, then they really don't. Yeah. Isn't, it's just... isn't the ventilation system for all the methane, what they're blaming for the, uh, large amount of deaths from smoke inhalation for the cattle probably i don't i don't know there's no telling what well, kind of bums me out i can't even hear my own clips <laughs> you know <laughs> that kind of throws things through a loop here for me as the host uh but i'll do what i can well uh, so eric adams claimed that um food is the third biggest emissions producer in New York City. Hmm. And what did he say in front of that industry and something else? Builders and transportation. Builder. So builders and transportation. Um, yeah, I don't know how. How in New York City? Every everything they're actually, trying to take away from us. Yeah, that's that's what they point at, and they don't point at their own like private jet use or anything like that, or or like the bombs were dropping everywhere all over the world. Yeah, I yeah, was gonna say well, they always forget to mention the number one polluter in the world is the United States military. Yes, right. Yes, it's like if you want to solve climate crisis, start off with that. Yeah, stop picking Canada, wars with yeah. everyone, or yeah, just or recognize China, that there is there is no climate crisis. It's all made up. It's a fever dream of Al Gore who says the freaking ocean is boiling right now, and it's not. So. Yeah. Oh. His explanation for the ocean's getting colder because the world's getting hotter. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you see the clip? Um, I don't know. It was like a congressional, some kind of con congressional hearing where, you know, somebody asks the panel of experts. They're like, they're like, just off the top of your head, if you had to guess how much of our atmosphere is made up of carbon dioxide. Right. Like just just, you know, I know you don't know the exact figure, but give a wild guess. What do you think? And this whole panel of quote unquote experts, they're like, oh, maybe three percent, five percent, six percent. It's like, actually, you know, it's about point zero zero three percent or something like that. Maybe point zero three point zero four point zero four. Right. And yeah. if it was below 0 0.02, all the plants would die and we would all die. Because right. Yeah. And we already have a lot of plants dying, which I think, like, I think even though there's not a climate crisis, there's probably an environmental crisis because of all the chemicals that we spray on everything. 
Well, they're finding microplastics in the deepest reaches of the Amazon rainforest that we had never visited before. In the the yeah. bottom of the Marianas Trench, there's human trash. So I'd say you're right on that one. So I'm hoping I just exited and came back. I'm hoping maybe that helps me out here with the uh, the audio issue. But I've got another one for you. Wait, the best part of the Eric Adams speech, uh, you didn't include the part, was you you can be plant-powered like me and Did be healthy that? and oh strong. My God. Yeah, it was oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think it was in that clip, uh, that, that particular YouTube video. They probably cut it out because he looked, I imagine he looked kind of silly. Well, his just overall, his speech was not like well thought out or even just a, like a, a decent speech that was given. It was kind of just a shitty speech. He's not a very mm -hmm. good public speaker for someone that's in a public speaking position. Especially in a major city. Yeah. He reads like Al Sharpton. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, I'm sure somebody here has to know. There, there's some, there's some young politician who he had like a, a video where he was campaigning a couple years ago, and he's talking like a white guy. And then in the last couple of weeks, he's got this video that came out where he's like a full blown like Baptist preacher, like you know, civil rights protester. You're you know, talking about one of the guys they kicked out, one of the Democrats in Tennessee they kicked out of the mm. legislature. Fuck them. Yeah. Clearly, clearly putting on a show, right? Oh, I remember that guy now, yeah. I don't know his name, but... Uh, Justin Jones, maybe? Yeah, he suddenly gained this southern accent like right. a preacher and was all revivalist and everything. <laughs> the Justin Jones... Or Johnson? Oh, he basically did an MLK impression. See here. <laughs> you know they're getting to go to the White House. Uh, I think tomorrow or Monday. Does it mean anything anymore? Is this going? Can you hear this? That on last yeah. Members of this body tried to crucify democracy, but today we stand as a witness of a resurrection of a movement of a multiracial democracy that no unjust decision will stand. And that this represents the point that there comes a time. It's really frustrating. So I can't hear it, but is this the right video where he's talking like a Baptist preacher? He's not. Uh, this is his words sound sort of Baptist, but he's not saying he's not using the accent. Hmm. Not the accent, but he is kind of. So the thin. one, the one you're referring to, there's one of him running, I think, for the like Black Student Union or something in college, and then they have one of him in 2023. I think they're six years apart. Yeah, this is going to make it really difficult, y'all, if I can't hear Just, what I'm presenting. You like it from uh, Tucker? Tucker had it. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of goes to show like uh, the lack of authenticity, right? Yeah. What was the guy's name again? Something Jones? Justin? Was it? Yeah, I think so. So it's it's weird that that kind of thing still gets people fired up because apparently he has people around him going, yeah, and repeating his words and like all that, like getting into it but um 
it's like to me it seems like such an obvious gimmick that people wouldn't fall for it anymore you would think i guess there's still those crowds that that's where like that's what they do at church so then it's still it still moves them in a way yeah ow well race grifting is big business and that's been proven time and time again recently that there's a whole bunch of money to be made in this and a whole bunch of power to be consolidated well, you can ask Voodoo Boomstick. You get more than about three people in a room, and suddenly the IQ drops by about seven points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I feel bad for the people in that. Uh, what was that? Was a uh, Denny's that we went to? Dairy Queen. Uh, oh, A and W. Oh, A and W. That's what it was. Yeah, those poor fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so when I when I worked for the Park Service, we used to joke. It's like when people got to the park and they got to the campground and they're, you know, they're paying their, their camping, you know, fee for the night. You know, it's like deposit $8 in this, in this envelope, you know, drop it in the slot along with your brain, because apparently nobody uses their brain when they're a a tourist in the park service. You know, the, the amount of stupidity that you observe is, is unbelievable. You know, you can answer a question I have then about the park service. Uh huh. The random staircases, are they real? What do you mean, random staircases? Just random staircases in the woods. Huh. I, I can't say that I ever saw a random staircase. My uh, it, crushed. I, I know where one is. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking the about. There's one yeah. going up the side of one of the mountains around here, and there's barely any trails going to it. It's right off of the Appalachian Trail, so it is close to the Appalachian Trail. But yeah, it's like it's just a staircase carved into the rock or built into the rock um, going up the side of this mountain just real randomly. It was part of the CCC or whatever. I was going to say, yeah, they um, probably didn't. That, that workers yeah. core was from the depression. Right, right. Billion Conservation Corps. It's it's where they they load in and out the uh, the animatronic animals so that they they pose on time. I, I saw them at Badlands National Park. You know, they were trading out prairie dogs um for the defective ones are you shitting me they got animatronic prairie dogs uh yeah i'm shitting you but for real skis they're they are reanimating the corpses of birds and so now the 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 meme has come true the birds aren't real birds aren't real yeah yeah they're they're trading bird corpses they're filling them in with cybernetics and we need rob brisky for this because it is a uh it is a new mexico thing so um, yeah he he said him on telegram well he said his phone wasn't cooperating um but i feel like he gave up awful quick you know look i was (laughs) promised a cyberpunk dystopian future where i could get like mantis blades grafted into my forearms and i don't have that yet and honestly i'm pissed about it well, should we should we watch this Tucker clip about how false our politicians are? Probably. Yeah. Let's see what he has to say. Tucker Carlson tonight. Once you decide that human beings are gods with the power to rewrite history, biology and nature, the power to shape reality itself. Once you decide that there's no reason to stop at sex changes. Transgenderism is certainly faddish at the moment. None of us can stop talking about it. But men magically morphing into women is not the final stage of anything. Instead, it's the first of many similar movements that are on the way inevitably. 
And the few visionaries who have grasped this obvious truth weirdly have not been welcomed by blue America. They have been mocked and derided as prophets always are. A few years ago, for example, a blue-eyed blonde woman from Montana called Rachel Dozal declared that she was black because she decided that she was black. Blackness was Rachel Dozal's lived experience. But she was not greeted as a liberator. She was almost immediately booed off the stage and then she disappeared. And yet, tellingly, none of the people yelling at Rachel Dozal ever explained why she couldn't be black. Why not? In this country, you can change your sex, but not your race? Really? How does that work? What species of science are we talking about here? It was not a defensible argument. And so over time, like all indefensible arguments, it will collapse. Someday the New York Times will give Rachel Dozal its coveted glass ceiling award for her courage in the face of prejudice. That will happen. All right. Is this relevant? I can't hear a word. I, it, this is so frustrating for me. <laughs> Talking about the beautiful woman, Rachel Dozal, and... Uh how she was transracial and now we're about to get to the okay this, yeah i think it, it's, it looks like you're you're it's fast forwarding to him yeah yep, yeah yep. all right here we go called justin pearson pearson has been in the news recently for helping to facilitate an insurrection at the tennessee state house you may have seen him but you may not know what justin pearson was like before his transition back in 2016 justin pearson was an earnest young student at bowden the whitest college in the whitest state in America, a place that costs 60 grand a year for no obvious reason, a rich kid's school. Here's what Justin Pearson looked like then as he ran for president of student government. I'm Justin J. Pearson, and I'm running for president of BSG. There are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. How can we represent all voices in a conversation? I want to bring together different voices, dissenting voices, voices that may be more liberal or more conservative, in order that we can reach a point of sort of the radical middle where conversation and dialogue happens and growth happens. Join the People's Pearson campaign and let's chart ourselves to a better future. All right. I mean, so we've got the right idea. This is how he talks. Yeah. I want to bring everyone together, said Justin Pearson, in a voice that if you closed your eyes, you could easily imagine coming from a suburban orthodontist. Justin Pearson wasn't white. That's probably how he got into Bowdoin in the first place. But he did a fantastic impression of it. What a nice young man. Has he considered the apprenticeship program at Citibank? That was the old Justin Pearson before his transition. Here he is now on the floor of the Tennessee State House. All hope seemed to be lost. <laughs> look, look at his afro. Out of the state house, democracy seemed to be at its end. Seemed like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. But oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. So he's essentially doing his best Malcolm X impression, right? That is yeah, he, he comes off straight up Black Jesus Panther Christ. right there. Yeah. 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 I sure hope that the audio of that like comes through on the on the saved recording. Otherwise, like on my end, it's like a weird 30 second <laughs> silence, also but you know. Can we just appreciate the uh, cosmic irony of him sounding like a Black Panther while bitching about gun lobbies? Mm, yeah, man. really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talk about some irony right there, huh? 
just thought I'd throw that out there. He, he yeah. should have just like pulled out an AK and fired it into the air. Nah, M1 carbine with the jungle mags. Got to do the beret and everything. If you're gonna do Black Panther, do it right. So what's 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 our go-to uh, theory about Malcolm X? Was he murdered by the deep state, or no? Was no, that... they basically admitted it. The same thing with MLK. Yeah. I'm just glad they made him real after that Rage Against the Machine song. Yeah, I kind of figured MLK was Malcolm X's replacement, and then he had to go too because he started to see through what was going on as well. That's fair. Well, you know, I've read I've read his like autobiography, and I've uh, I've looked into it in the past, but. I, I guess I'm I'm fuzzy on the details. I think it is fairly clear though that his murder is not like like the 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 story that was told is not the full story. I think that's been made clear. Is um, this our uh, base or bogus of the week? Yeah, well, maybe. Uh, I think Malcolm X was pretty based. I guess that's my that's my assumption. Any anybody disagree? I haven't studied a lot of him, but I get the no. impression that he was pretty based. I, I'm not as familiar with him as I'd like to be, but what I do know of him, he's, yeah, he's, he's pretty based. Yeah. He was essentially a black. He was essentially a black nationalist, right? Yeah. More or less. Which is which is allowed, but yeah. white yeah. nationalism yeah. is not allowed. You can you can go and outright say that you are a black nationalist on like the regular CNN news, and they will hear you. They will give you everything you want, and if you say you're a white nationalist, you're out in the uh, out in the radioactive territory. Mm-hmm. Not allowed. It's illegal. I feel like for this conversation, we should have a token black guy in the group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let us know if you find one. <laughs> I mean, shapeshifting cryptid here. I can do my best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, with the mask on, no one would know. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I could, the mask is not present this week. I could try to do the Eric Adams impression again. <laughs> Why? And just give a shitty speech? <laughs> yeah, just feel like... it. You, you can be black-powered and plant-powered at the same time. <laughs> 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 it's so uh, cheesy <laughs> oh god black powder fucking killed me eat the bugs whitey eat the bugs whitey <laughs> oh god you gotta work something in there about being the most jive ass turkey in the land god. I don't eat no turkey but use the jive turkey <laughs> We're getting banned for sure, dude. For sure. All right. So, okay. Let me ask this: of those of you who who is on a uh, a computer (laughs) with a little present button down beneath all of our faces, because I might send you a link. Because it's really you got one, Dennis. Okay, Den- all right. Well, I'm going to put it in the in the uh, chat here. All right. Pull up this link and see if you can share it. Because it's so difficult. I can't hear a goddamn thing. 
and it's not okay. I'm not seeing a link in the chat yet. No? Okay, no. wait. Um, all destinations. Hold on. This is a motherfucker, dude. <laughs> Private chat. Here we go. Here we go. Did you make it a comment? There you go. Yeah, I did. I did. All right. Let me get past the commercial real quick. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I can do it. It's just weird that y'all can hear it and I can't. But Right. Yeah. Skinwalker, you're on it. Oh, I am? Oh, I don't know. Who was that saying that? Was that Voodoo Boomstick? That's Voodoo Boomstick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. especially getting hit hard at the grocery store. The price of items like dried beans, candy, yep. flour, okay. all up better than 10% from the same time just one year ago. Bob, it's good to see you. Thanks very much for being here. Assess the situation. How do you see inflation today? With my eyes. We are on the precipice of a global food crisis. God created humanity. Humanity has created every way to destroy itself from nuclear, biological, chemical. But now we've waged a war. We've weaponized food. In the Ukraine, between the Ukraine and Russia, they represent 50% of the world's production of fertilizer. 30% wheat, 20% corn, 2.5 million acres of sunflowers, other uh, food and, and minerals. They also have sand for fracking, sand for glass and you know they they have what russia's doing with their land bridge they're also cutting off the ukraine to the sea they've taken mariupol pretty much odessa is left if they cut off odessa then they basically landlock the ukraine and they can't export they can't either plant but right now when the planting season in southeast ukraine where all these products are grown They've attacked irrigation systems. They've attacked uh, train systems. And they've sent millions of women and children into exile. But let me say that we have provoked, in a way, this war by showing an incredible uh, weakness around the globe and lack of resolve to protect the women, children, and the innocent. It started in wow. Afghanistan. When, when we left women and children behind, usually women and children go first, we left them behind. And now they've sent yeah. millions of women into exile. If the United States, the greatest country on earth, doesn't stand up for the defenseless, who will? We will lose this country yeah. unless we love and build versus hate and destroy. This, we've given the green light around the world for people to abuse right and exploit women and children. We've given that green light by showing well, our weakness. Well, Bob, I, I understand everything that you're saying, and the Afghanistan debacle really triggered so many bad outcomes uh, from, uh, you know, across, from our adversaries across the world. But what I'm really trying to understand is what's going on with the price of food. We're looking at double-digit increases in terms of the price. You are bringing into this conversation a much bigger issue and a potential food shortage crisis. Are you talking about a food shortage crisis where Americans are not going to have access to food, never mind paying up in the double digits for the price of food? 
America will say, let them eat cake because we have abundance. We're the biggest consumers in the world. The countries that will suffer are the innocent ones in Africa and around the globe. We are the biggest consumers of drugs, of trafficking, of, of everything. We're gluttonous. We're going to have to tighten our belt and consume less. less. We've gone from oil independence to oil dependence. We've given up that position to, to have yeah. our oil at cost and to buy it retail and then ship it. Our shipping, when we bring in stuff from, let's say, Thailand, coconut water, we we're paying 10 times the freight we usually yeah. take. Now, we have oil in our land and in a pipe with zero transportation, zero ecological disasters. Yeah. And we got to ship it in a boat and, and, and put uh, the, econ the, uh, the, the world in jeopardy if a, if a, if a, yeah. if a ship is bombed or if it goes aground or, or whatever. So we've gone from right. oil independence to be dependence. We're dependent now on everybody yeah. else. We're the greatest nation on well, earth. We've been as, dependent yeah, on nobody. As opposed, well, we've given that as up. Opposed we've given to, that up. Yeah, as opposed to having the product in a pipeline under the sea. I, I understand the, the analogy and the comparison the, that you're making. Bob, let me get let me get your take on this, because I, I get what you're but saying. But the cost it is of a that, very, Maria. very frightening notion. The cost. What are you seeing in terms of the cost? And do you think that things are going to get worse. So you're sitting there at Goya. You are at a front row seat. Do you think these prices go even higher later on this year? Let's start there. The biggest component in, in food and anything is, is transportation. The transportation has gone as skyrocketed because we've given up our independence. But, you know, when you have an unbalance in the food production in 2008, the price of grains tripled. Why? Because we were planting corn for ethanol instead of uh, rice and grains and, and, and other things. You know, the amount of sugar in That's corn to produce ethanol, it takes three gallons of fuel to make five gallons of ethanol. Whereas if you're not using sugar cane, which is much more higher sugar content. So, you know, but when you have an imbalance in the world production, 50% of fertilizer, that's the farmers are paying double for fertilizer. They're planting yeah. less. The yields yeah. are going to be less. Their costs are going to go up. You know, with 30% of the, the world's uh, wheat production, if that goes unplanted in the Ukraine and yeah. corn and other things, that we know we, our world is very, uh, it's, it's on, it's a very tight balance. And if we interrupt sure. the food production, we will have a food crisis. Prices will go through the roof. We can afford it as a rich country. We're so abundant. But other countries, unfortunately, will not. And we will be the last ones affected. But like Marie Antoinette said, let them eat cake. I feel like this is a good spot to, to stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what he's saying is very true. Um, but at the same time, we do have a lot of less fortunate people that can't afford to um, pay double for food. I mean... I know that I couldn't, especially you know, trying to get a house, you know, paying a mortgage, shit like that. Mm -hmm. If food starts to double, it's going to make things a lot harder, and especially if jobs do not um, start paying that inflation, like that inflationary rate of, for like raises and stuff. It makes it very difficult to get anything purchased, yeah. which is probably more or less what they want. Well, uh, you were talking about freight. And I know for the last couple of weeks, freight has been 
pretty slow. I would say for maybe about the last month, I've been waiting a lot longer than I usually do. Um, I'm on a dedicated thing, and I'm even running into that. Okay, wow. If if that's happening to dedicated, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm seeing less trucks on the freeway. Um, not complaining cool. because you know it it helps me Parking. get places faster, but. <laughs> But yeah, so this can happen. Uh, everybody knows uh, about the Ukraine being the uh, the most abundant area of uh, of Europe, mm-hmm. and and they had uh, Holodomor during the Soviet Union, where a bunch of Ukrainians starved, and it was you know it was due to socialist policies. And what's happening to us? We start implementing these socialist policies, and now we're turning the most like one of the most abundant countries in the world into a place with a possible food deficit. This, this can get really bad and it can happen a lot faster than you think. Um, It doesn't take that long of, of food, not moving and, uh, and people eat a lot more than they think. And, you know, arguably we all eat more than we should. And that that's a side effect of us living in such an abundant time in an abundant country. But I I think, you know, like we've we've seen all the chaos in the streets lately with the wildin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just wait until there's food riots, y'all. Oh yeah. Well and especially with how interdependent that everyone is like country wise on each other. I mean, we're not isolationist countries anymore. We're all very intertwined economically, um, food wise and then also unfortunately politically and in, in, in many many other ways we rely so much on other countries especially european countries because we have become a, a globalist society even though they don't really say that we are yeah and something to note on that too is they depend on us for other areas just as much as we depend on them so oh yeah definitely especially in energy yeah or defense spending Mm-hmm. There's, nobody can afford for anyone else to go down, but I don't know how that's going to pan out. I'm no expert. So and also, all our embargoes and everything on all the different countries, they certainly don't help. And it seemed like at the beginning when <clears throat> that CEO of Goya started talking, I thought I was going to disagree with a lot more of what he said because it sounded like he was blaming all the um, supply chain interruptions and stuff on Russia at least in Europe. Um, and, but then I ended up agreeing with a lot of what he said because he, he stated some very true things about just the um, not prioritizing women and children and stuff. And all that was, I, I found myself agreeing with him a lot, but yeah, the, the way we put um, all these sanctions and embargoes on like every other country in the entire world, it really uh, gets in the way of being able to eat for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, and I think his and, point his point about how like um Americans might not feel the the shortages, we're just going to feel price. You know, like we're already we're already halfway there. Like we're not going to we're not going to starve here except except if you can't literally afford to buy it. Like I don't think we're going to run out but some people will starve just because they're too poor to purchase, you know, what they need. Yeah. The, yeah. 
the only upside is that there's a lot more people dying right now because of what they did two years ago. And so there will be less of a demand, but that also means less people to produce. Um, so, you know, it, it, it perpetuates itself still. Um, they're they're going to do anything that they can to put bugs on the menu and to speaking, put you know hormones and whatever else they can put on the menu. That, speaking of which, I think this next clip is right up that alley, Ando. Okay. Let's, it. See, it. Let's it see it. Yeah. Dennis is is pulling more than his weight here. <laughs> the Netherlands, which has long been Europe's biggest food producer, now it's the global center of the bug food industry. Mm. She joins us tonight for an update on what it's like to subsist on crickets. Eva, thanks so much for joining us. So this girl is so hot. Country, the Netherlands <laughs> is Don't fall for the psyop. Don't fall for the psyop famous I would agricultural output now it's famous for insects I'll this fall feels for like it. the I leading edge of a global trend <laughs> do you think that it is Absolutely. There's no surprise there. I mean, my country really is, sadly, the pilot country for an organization like the World Economic Forum. We are sort of the tester kit of the 2030 agenda. So the fact that we, the second largest uh, exporter of agricultural products in the world, our nation with such a rich farming history is now cracking down on its farms and opening insect factories should be of no surprise to you. And, you know, this is not something that is just going to affect the food supply of the Netherlands. Like I said, we're the second largest exporter of agricultural products in the world after America. So this will influence the food supply worldwide. And we've spoken to farmers who said, well, this could lead to actual starvation if we're not careful. I, I have to ask about the role of the population in this, since purportedly the Netherlands, like the United States, is a democracy. Do the people of the Netherlands want to eat bugs? Is this happening because there was a popular outcry, bring us more bugs? No, of course not. Nobody's being asked. And I think that that's the point, you know, nobody really inherently wants to eat bugs. When we think about bugs, we, you know, ugh, curly things, you know, nobody wants to eat that. Right. But they're telling us that it's good for the climate, that this is the way that we can save the planet. And that that little steak that you have on your plate that gives you some joy in life is that what actually ruins the world. And of course, none of that is true. I think that the push for insect eating is just a compliance test because our politicians know that when when they control yeah. the food, they control the people. I mean, why not earthworms and rats, as long as you're humiliating people on purpose by making them eat repulsive things? Exactly. Well, I think that that's the whole point. So, you know, don't give him any ideas, Tucker. I think the, the rats and, and the mice and all of that are next on the menu after the crickets that they now are trying to put in our food. So my, okay. my last question is... Side note. If we're talking about repulsive things, hikers are the worst, and I get by on them. So I really don't see what the big thing is. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, uh, Mike? After watching this clip and hearing her out, I think I'm falling for the psyop as well. I'm I'm into it, man. She I, is she is yeah. something else. Yeah. It's those Isn't Danish that the Tower women, of man. London? Uh, it is. It Possibly, looks like yes. so she's is, supposed to be from the ben Netherlands, but she's in front of the Tower of London or Big Ben. Yeah, it looks like England. Uh, that's a good. It's that's a good catch. The same architecture over there. No, that is. Yeah, it yeah, looks maybe like Big Ben. Have something similar. I don't know, but could be. But no, it that, does. That's probably just a green cool. screen. Yeah, probably doesn't probably. say, but it's not going to stop me from nitpicking. 
no, that's that's a good observation. Um, but yeah, if this if this girl's like anti WEF and like talks like an angel, as Ando said in the comments, um, <laughs> like yeah, I'm into it, man. I I, I think I, I you know, I think I'm in love. <laughs> I've met one. I've met one European girl in my life, and Jesus Christ, I would do horrible things for her. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew a couple British girls, accent. and we all went crazy for their accents. Yeah, yeah. I knew a Scottish girl that was like that. Uh, were you done with that clip, Mike? Yeah, probably. Well, you could you could play it out. He's only okay, got I, I, yeah a minute. See what, what see what the, the question is. Been like a country with a thousand year history of growing food has got to be resistant to this. Have people made that clear? That resistance. Yeah, absolutely. We've had massive protests. So our farmers protests that you and I have been speaking about plenty of times now and that also have been featured in this documentary, they've been very successful. So we actually had elections just now in the Netherlands where uh, a lot of people, actually the largest party was the farmers party. So the Dutch people don't want to be eating insects. We understand that a traditional profession such as farming that we have been good at for centuries on end is not the cause of a modern day so-called crisis such as climate change. So no, the people know what they want. Right. We don't want to be eating insects. All right, that's probably, we want that's our- probably good. I'll so, have to say though, um, if I did marry her, she'd have to take my name. I cannot pronounce the last name. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the whole farmer's party thing is um, kind of interesting. And I, I can't remember exactly. Like, Ando, I know they talked about it on No Agenda. Um yeah, it's it's a Trojan horse. That's what it's, I was just thinking. They're, yeah, they're yeah. riding a populist wave in order to uh, sneakily get their uh, get other parts of the agenda pushed in, and so control. Yeah, this control. is a, mm. a and this is all too common. This it's is a, this it's is a socialist party everywhere, essentially, right? It's a socialist party, kind of using the farmers' movement as a uh, as a mask of sorts. But, the other big problem in the Netherlands is uh, is they're getting flooded with third worlders just like the rest of Europe. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and and that's you know that's that's the thing that's that's what's that's this underlying thing that nobody talks about because you're not allowed to, I guess. Tucker talks about it, but yeah, there's there's all these places that are getting flooded with third worlders because they need them to police Agenda 2030. So they're going to have them be the police for you whenever whenever they're forcing you to eat the bugs and you know and keep you in your 15 minute cities. Yeah. Along with drones and robot dogs. Did you get that clip, the New York robot dog introduction? No, but I I saw it. Uh and... I got one here that's gonna make yeah. it run. Pull it up, man. Pull it up. It will do that. I've got like another topic. I just sent a link and I'm sending another, but we can get to it later. Um, it's, now it's we like, got the robot dogs. They got to check dog. what's on your plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was joking with somebody. He was like, he was like, he was posting some shit about the robot dogs. I'm like, I'm just going to smear myself with, with mud. Like they did in predator, uh, you know, throw off the, the intra, or uh, infrared fucking scanners. Uh, I hope it works, but if we can just cover ourselves with mud, I think we're cool. Fuck these dogs. We can we can fuck them up. 
we just got to hide our our infrared signature you know you want to go ahead and put how are they gonna, um not yet you, not yet we need to start wearing like tinfoil suits right With <laughs> yeah, and everything. yeah full-blown skinwalker you said you had something right it's to do oh shit okay one second here i'm gonna have to figure out how the hell to uh how to present yeah you want to send it to me i can yeah you can put it in the uh all right, but I'll, just, I'll just do that. It's toward the end there. Um, it's about a 28-minute long video, but you just skip through to the last couple of minutes. You'll see it in the when you're skipping there. Okay. Speaking of robot dogs, since I think we could use a little levity. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking ads. Come on. It is Do one of these... Use, um... like, slugs or birdshot or what on one of those things paintballs <laughs> oh yeah that's a good idea that's actually yeah. silly, string. silly Man, string i don't even have a paintball gun anymore that's the stuff... one i sorry go ahead no i just uh, that yeah. stuff left me in I my teens probably <laughs> it. the one that i've heard a lot of is uh used motor oil and sand Yep, uh, oil-based paint, use motor oil and sand, mix together, put it yeah. into a balloon, and have fun. Uh, that is not legal advice. Um, <laughs> it was a joke. This is satire. To be used only in absolute self-defense. Yes, what exactly. You, what you should not do is go to Home Depot and buy a $3.50 can of good stuff insulation. And, <laughs> and, 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 what you should not do is is use that can of insulation on your local parking meters. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you hit one of those robot dogs with a cattle prod, do you think it would fry its circuits? And I imagine they have the, some sort of overvoltage protection. Ooh, tase it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But here's the real question. If you hit it with your car, how many points is it? A <laughs> hundred, at least. Easily. <laughs> All right, what do we have here? Sounds like a good Noster app. Spot his first worldly task contested. Is, is this about the spot you were talking about? A uh, little bit farther, but it's, yeah, right about in there. Yeah, that, that yeah, you're pretty much at the right spot with what right. you have already pulled up. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I did see this. Yeah. Seth wow. Davis, uh, you were operating off camera spot during that. He wasn't on autonomous mode, but that from my perspective, seated in the chair, that went great. How did you feel about it? I think it looked pretty good, but driving it uh, with our joystick controller, I was noticing was having a hard time getting going and handling the weight of the rickshaw. Okay. And then once we got a little bit up the path and we were going up a small hill. We kind of ran out of steam, and the robot didn't have uh, enough enough strength to pull it. But that was stock software. Yep, that's making that, that maneuver. That's our software out of the box. Okay. And so the things that I think are going on is the robot doesn't know that there's a weight on its back pushing down. Right. Okay. And it doesn't know that it's pulling um, a rickshaw so behind it. Let me ask and, you a question. What what are the what are the police using these for exactly? As far as I know, it's just to carry speakers. Really. Sure. So far, sure. so far, yeah. yeah so far. Uh, look up Spots Rampage. They they put paintball guns on the spots, and uh, and just had it rampage a town. Um, <laughs> oh my god! 
this it's a couple of years old but but they're basically they're showing you their potential for for war and street enforcement and things like that so this is so the thing is people are not going to enforce the things that are coming at us the things that are they're coming down the pike even those those irs agents that they hired in in droves last year and and you know trained to uh trained to kill us uh the thing is they're not going to be able to get people to do that that you know because you have you know family and you care about other people you're not going to enforce the most tyrannical things third worlders will and robots will so that's that's why they're surrounding us that's why they're they're doing this partly to change the demographics of places but also to you know also to keep you within your 15 minute city and well, also to make sure you eat the bugs it's the same it's the same concept as deploying national guard from different states to uh cuz they they have no skin in the game there they're just that's there to I do their just, job yeah. i was just going to bring that up during the blm riots they or, took they they took national guard from you know New Hampshire and brought them to Indiana and vice versa. Or I think another uh, applicable example there would have been Katrina using mm. Illinois National Guard down in Louisiana, and we saw how that went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and whenever you don't have family in, in that area, you're not going to care about the people, so you're going to do what you're told to do. Well, the next level of that is having UN troops come in who are from a different country or even just like the way American troops police other countries. And then, you know, you have some European country, their troops are enforcing here, like because it's not home, they can see us like the others. Yeah, it's that dehumanization uh, factor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Quick little side note, I saw a clip from Ukraine uh earlier this week and i noticed that in the subtitles they were calling the russians orcs hmm just just a little side note of dehumanization and and what that can can i do. know the video you're talking about and yeah. uh from what i understand of russian and from a couple of native speakers they weren't using the word orcs ah. but it was a little worse so it was yeah. worse. <laughs> it was worse. They were. Uh, let, let's just leave it at some slurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a pretty modern example of yeah. an active combat situation where that is going on. Or even just. I think Zelensky is the one who sounds like an orc. <laughs> mm. Or even just like say the example of like I know some guys who are still in from, you know, about the time I got out and. Haji is still a term that's used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like half the people using it don't even know what that's from originally. And I don't know. Yeah, What's it from originally? Makes, uh, uh, D- oh, go ahead. Uh, what was that cartoon? Uh, way back in the day, 60s or 70s. Uh, that really does not narrow things down. <laughs> one second, let me let me look up here. Uh, do you want me to go ahead and pull up that Twitter one? Uh, Mike? Yeah, yeah, might as well. Um, yeah, yeah, speaking speaking of like government propaganda, right? Okay. Um, it's actually a pretty good transition, but like, yeah, this is the whole thing about um, basically like 
NPR and like whatever the Canadian see the Canadian broadcast network, whatever they whatever it's called, um, getting labeled government controlled media on Twitter, <laughs> right? I think if if <laughs> if Elon Musk is doing anything right, it's like trolling, you know. I think he's doing yeah. some good trolling. Um, where to go? We lost it. Uh, yeah, I'm bringing it back up. That was my bad. No worries. All right. Ready? Yep. A lot about the Conservative Party of Canada. That they're choosing to constantly attack independent media organizations, journalists who are working hard to keep Canadians informed and support our democracy. CBC Radio-Canada works right across the country, delivers local news and local content in many regions of the country that, yes, has been challenged over the past years, but the idea of adding to that challenges and laying on by attacking this Canadian institution, attacking the culture and local content that is so important to so many Canadians, uh, really indicates uh, the values and the approach that Mr. Polyev is putting forward. And I think it is telling that in order to attack this institution that is important for many, many Canadians, he runs to American billionaires, the tech giant that they continue to defend in committee and in their, uh, in their approach on our legislation to make tech giants pay their fair share. Conservatives are always there to defend them. So when they're trying to attack a foundational Canadian institution, the fact that he has to run to American billionaires for support to attack Canadians, says a lot about Mr. Polyev and his values. Okay, so, I mean, long story short, he's using it as a way of... I mean, I don't know the details. I don't even know who Mr. Polyev is, except I assume it's like his political rival. Does anybody know? So that's uh, that's Justin Castro. Um, and was he talking about Elon as the American billionaire? The American billionaire, yeah. It's yeah. So the background is that the Canadian Broadcast Network or whatever, he, he said it somewhere in there, got labeled. Was just, it just like state-run media? State-run media yeah. got labeled on Twitter just like NPR. So that's the second link I shared with you, Dennis. Um, yeah, I've got it pulled up. Whenever yeah. You're ready. So the same thing happened to the, this Canadian broadcast network as happened to NPR. Elon labeled them state-controlled media because they are, because they are. But this, you know, the funny thing is, okay, just the obvious irony is like the the head of state of Canada and then this next clip, it's the uh, press secretary, uh, Jean-Pierre, whatever, Kareem Jean-Pierre, whatever her name is. <laughs> Van Damme. Uh, Van Damme. Yeah, right. You must listen to No Agenda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so she, it's like, if you have the representative of the government saying this is not in any way, shape, or form government-controlled media, this is nonsense. Um, you know, like clearly it's government controlled media. Like, yeah, they're so unaware that they have such little self-awareness. 
that like the best thing they could do is ignore it. But when they come out and say, this is ridiculous, like they're just proving the point. So yeah, play this next one, Dennis. There we go. Affiliated media. This is the latest move against established media institutions from the social media company. As KTV's Jesse Gary reports, Elon Musk's latest claim is drawing reaction from the White House and beyond. The mercurial Elon Musk is at it again. Wednesday, the Twitter owner targeting national public radio via his social media giant. He likens NPR with state-controlled media similar to Russia Today or Xinhua in China. State-affiliated media is defined as outlets where the state exercises control over editorial content through financial resources, direct or indirect political pressures, and or control over production and distribution, Twitter's Help Center reads. What we are seeing is a war that Elon Musk just waged against the uh, uh, mainstream media. Created by the Public Broadcasting Act, NPR began providing programming in 1970 to the nation's non-commercial and educational radio stations. Its revenues comes from gifts, government grants, and member station dues. Experts say NPR receives between 1% and 2% of its funding from the federal government. And the White House says it has no influence over the broadcaster. Uh, there's no doubt of the independence of NPR's journalists and uh, has been, if you've ever been on the receiving end of their, of their questions, uh, you know this. Other major media outlets, such as the BBC, receive much more government funding than NPR and are on a tighter leash. Experts say the Musk tweet could be a cry for attention. So people can keep talking about Twitter and keep going back to Twitter, and that's increased the traffic by people would like to see what he's going to say. Experts say Twitter has seen its value drop by half since Musk took the reins in 2022. Outlandish claims could conceivably help his bottom line. I think it helps him with some people because there are people that like to see him sort of punk organizations. For most users, I think it's a negative. The real question is whether Musk's comments will make a new crop of advertisers buy in or run off those who have so far stayed. In okay, yeah. Wait, so, so I used to work in radio and yeah. um, and the thing is they're, they're saying that they're funding that's their their upkeep cost. Their their sa station signal and everything like that. That's all government paid for, and uh, and that the tower upkeep, all that stuff is government. That this is just like the funding that they're talking about is the overall upkeep as far as like as you know keeping certain things a certain way. Now, uh, it, it it is complete government propaganda. I mean, it's Operation Mockingbird in full swing. I mean, there's not much mainstream media that isn't. Yeah, notice the mainstream. Yeah, was quick to defend NPR. Right, and and also let's just break down the acronym NPR. It's National Public Radio. Yeah, yeah. you can't get much more government control than that. It well, it's it's the only one that like supposedly as part of its model receives government funding right right am i wrong like i think yeah, I, it, I have, yeah. it's always been that way i think like that's kind of how they were started isn't it as far yeah. as i understand but they yeah, also always had the crowdfunding kind of thing going on right, right. um 
but it, yeah, it's always been national. And did you guys it, see that on that one um, post that uh, Elon Musk was in? The uh, the post had sixty six point K likes, point six. Sorry, sixty six point six. Yeah, nice. I thought that a might be of, a little signaling. Little yeah, yeah a lot of signaling with that guy. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I sometimes wonder if he's like the destroyer in uh, in Atlas Shrugged, the one who just blows up the companies and shit. But uh, mm. it's all for some bigger, <laughs> bigger. Well, I, I read an absolute schizo post on Twitter the other day tying Elon Musk and uh, his recent missile launch to the occult. That was an interesting thread. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, so, uh, I'm gonna have to. I'll see if I can. Don't tease it. Just again. stalk it, dude. Tell us what. Tell us what you think. I want to hear. Yeah. That. Oh, so basically, um, I want to see his Elon Musk's grandfather was. Oh fuck! Here, let me see if I can't find it real quick. Actually, it'd be a lot easier just show it and then try to remember. Mm-hmm. Fucker, where's it at? Well, clearly he's like he's a transhumanist. Like he and it, seems and it tied into that. It did tie into yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. He he seems based on certain stuff, but like, does anybody have the terminology? There's there's the people that want the singularity, and then there's some people. You know, there's there's normal people that don't want the singularity. There's the people that want the singularity, and then there's the people that say that if we don't merge with the machines and become basically cyborgs like Elon wants with his, his brain chip. Um, if we don't merge with them, then the machines will destroy us. So that that's his agenda. He's in the, uh, the little in between the cyborg camp. Uh, I don't know what the term for that is. Fucking God damn it. Why can't I find it? I, I like to think that stuff's not working as well as they want us to think. Well, none of it is it, it, it. A lot of the stuff that we deal with is a show, and it's a show to demor- demoralize us. Hold on one second. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they want to demoralize us first, and that's why they do a lot of the things that they do, and that's that's why this chosen downfall of the American Empire is, you know, it, is basically a big drag show. So, you know, I, I, I think the word pussification, like kind of covers a lot of it. Um, I was thinking about this in terms of like the teen takeover stuff that Ando and I covered on his show recently. And we could, we could cover that a little bit if we want to, but like all these teenagers are just like lashing out and like, it's like senseless violence. And it's because I think the, um, the violent impulse has been suppressed and like, yeah, well, and and it's been misdirected, misdirected, given the wrong advice with what to do with it. Well, and it's no wonder, it's no wonder that like the, the, the urban like black community, given that there's like a lack of like positive male role models lashes out, first but i think this is like it's it's more broad than that 
you know, I saw I saw an alert co- come on my phone talking about Kings Island Amusement Park, which is near where I live. You know, it's in Ohio, but they've apparently had multiple like violent uh, incidents in the last couple of years. And they're for the first time implementing like a chaperone policy. Anybody under the age of 16 must have an adult chaperone. And I'm from Houston and we had the uh, Astro World uh, right across from the Astrodome, right? Mm. And it was really great Six Flags theme park, but eventually it got taken over by teenage marauders and that was in the early 2000s. Mm. So uh yeah, the level of violence a teenager is capable of is always going to be high even even if they're filled with, you know, goy slop and hormones and all the rest of the stuff that that they're doing to do us fluoride yeah etc yeah i remember me and my friends going through phases of like destruction a little bit not that we did a lot of vandalism or anything but you know you have you don't know like what to do with it yet and you're uh having fun you don't have respect for older people yet i think that was a lot of it is that we didn't just have that much respect for people's property and stuff like that and you know the pranks we would play on each other oh man (laughs) yeah used to play these crazy pranks at work too that got a little hairy (laughs) (laughs) time is it getting to be shit it's crazy man unfortunately i have to actually uh, log off Oh, oh shit! I think I found it. Yes, I found okay. it. I'll hold on for a second. Okay, so um, let me share this real quick. Share screen. There we go. So Musk just launched his Mars bounce uh, Starship rocket for the first time today after moving the test back three days to do it under a hybrid solar eclipse. Why is this significant? What does it represent? And how do I? How did I prove? predict he'd push it back on april 16th when i first heard of the upcoming starship launch on the 17th i posted this tweet predicting that it would be moved back three days to occur under the solar eclipse yada yada this thread i'll be explaining why i was able to predict that musk would do this under the cover of 420 jokes through egyptian masonic and thelemic occult knowledge and rituals let's start with space spaceships the symbol x and what they have to do with an eclipse above is a free masonic image depicting the two pillars that stood at the entrance of solomon's temple They represent, among other things, duality, male and female, sun and moon, our two moon missions, and the United States are named Apollo and Artemis. Apollo, the first mission, our first moon mission uh, series of rockets were named after the male sun god, Artemis, the modern successor to the Apollo moon program, who will be putting the first woman on the moon, is named after his sister, the moon goddess Artemis. Artemis 1 is the first moon mission NASA has attempted in the last 50 years after being pushed back multiple times, finally launched an unmanned rocket to orbit to the moon in November 2022. Now we get today's Starship launch, not named after a moon slash deity or slash sun deity, is is its genderless simply a product of SpaceX. Um, Like with Musk's Tesla cars, there's an intentional sex joke there. What more fitting to begin its use than when the mas- masculine sun and feminine moon mount each other, its mission to uh, not simply visit the barren moon, but to take humans to Mars to stay, a type of trans-earth trans salvation for the believers in the mission. But what is the point of this occult uh, symbolism and ritual? Long story short, it's all a process 
put into action to bring about a new world order as Crowley and his thelemites, like liquid rocket fuel inventor Jack Parsons would say, the Eon of Horus. Alistair, or Alistair Crowley was probably the most prolific sex magician, sex magician and occultist of all time, um, founding the religion of uh, Thelema and attracting to him students such as Jet Propulsion Labs founder, grandfather of NASA, Marvel Jack Parsons, and Scientology founder L. Ron Hubbard. Parsons Jet Propulsion Labs would be integrated into NASA, and his technology is uh, is what made the Apollo mission possible. Uh, meanwhile, Hubbard's pseudo-religious cult has uh, great influence in Hollywood, the type of wood used to make wands, programming the minds of the masses, and again, more schizo posting, um, but it's an interesting thread. But how exactly did these guys intend to bring about the Eon of, or of Horus well into 1946? Uh, Hubbard and Parsons performed the Babylon working, a ritual based on a book by Crowley titled Moonchild. Ultimately, the goal was to create uh, a moon child, children, to rule the new Aeon of Horus. In 1948, longtime, peer, longtime friend of Parsons and chief architect of the Saturn V rocket that Apollo 11 took to the moon, uh, an ex Nazi SS member known to do rituals themselves, Werner von Braun, wrote a book titled The Mars Project after coming to the, Uni to the U.S. in 1945. Written just two years after the Babylon working on page 177 of this book, describing a human colony of Mars, or on Mars, von Braun gives the title of the leader of the colony there, Elon. Mind you, this guy is referred to as the father of space travel. Uh, notably, this section of the book describes how Mars is governed mainly in the form of technocracy or rule by the experts, not true democracy. Uh, funny enough, Joshua Haldeman, Elon's grandfather, was arrested eight years before in Canada as the leader of the Technocracy Party. Um, I've been criticized before, uh, before for drawing this connection between Musk's grandfather and what I believe is his current intentions to be. Fortunately, it is not hard to prove Musk is on the same page as Gramps, given that he tweets about it all the time. Uh, to review, not only is Elon basically in control of NASA, the successor to Braun slash Parsons, but he also plans to lead a Mars techno technocracy. Coincidence, right? By the way, some things you can look forward in. Technocracy is no money, no voting, and every bit of energy you used being tracked. Um, and then it kind of goes into some of the more occult part of it, which is above an, is an excerpt from Crowley's book on magic ceremonial uh, poses and himself doing an Osiris Risen X and sporting an eye of Oris cap. This is a good time to revisit the occult symbolism side of things. Um, let's start with reviewing the story of Osiris, Isis, and Oris. Um, in terms of archetypes, Osiris, male father, Isis, female mother, Horus equals child. In uh, most pagan traditions, this is a typical, typical trinity. In Christianity, the mother archetype was replaced by the Holy Spirit. Catholic Church kind of sneaks it back in, focusing on Mary heavily uh, because of this of this oppression of the feminine and an exclusive focus on a single masculine god in the last age. Crowley referred to it as the Eon of Osiris. The Eon of Horus uh, represents the reintroduction of the divine feminine, and it just keeps on going on. But it's a very interesting thread. Hmm. Uh, by no means do I believe it. It's just some weird coincidences, coincidences that happen. Wait, you didn't write so, that? That wasn't your writing? Mm. No, 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 no. I just happened upon it. 
Oh man, I thought that was your writing. I was like, oh, this dude's yeah, badass. <laughs> no, no, no. I will not claim to be that much. I gotta get him on my yeah. show. <laughs> I, I, mean, had, I put it in the chat though. Um, if you want to go look through it later. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I thought they learned to astrally project to Mars like a few decades ago. I have and no. And we clue. still haven't been back to the moon too. <laughs> Well, like I said, gentlemen, I actually need to get going. But... All right. Hey, we'll see you next time, Skinwalker. Yeah, take care. Good as always. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that was my contribution to. Hey, well, yeah. you know, like, I always wonder, is shit just like pattern for pattern's sake or is it real? Um, That's kind of my thought on it. Like, again, yeah. I don't fully believe in it but there's a lot of coincidences in there for things to line up and especially i mean the dude predicted that it it you know get pushed back three days and i'm sure they had some sort of reasoning for it however it's also awfully convenient that all the symbolism does seem to line up so was it as was outlandish it, as it is was it an elon hubbard book that said that elon was going to be like the technocrat of Mars. Is that right? Or was it? That was his grandfather. His grandfather? Um, yes. Mm. And in one of um, his grandfather's books, which was Alistair Crowley, um, he named the leader of Mars Eon, or Elon. And that was, was back in the 40s. I mean, obviously, someone had to influence his parents to name him Elon. There's a lot of awful, convenient things. I mean, again, mm. I don't believe it per se, but there's a lot of stuff that lines up pretty well. Yeah. Ah, uh, what the fuck, man? I don't know. Yeah, that is a definitely what the fuck. <laughs> so I kind of wonder with the timing and the, the significance of the timing, um, when you're doing space exploration you're dealing with different orbits and different rhythms within like the astral physics of it. So you have to time it right within like, so you right. get your momentum in the right direction and, and at the right time and that kind of thing. I assume I'm not an astrophysicist, but like, I do wonder like these, uh, you know, these, this symbology stuff, it's based around the rhythms of the stars anyway. So it would kind of make sense. Maybe. It does in a, a weird way. It really does make a lot of sense because, like you were saying, a lot of our, like a lot of the ancient knowledge that we have was based off of the pattern of the stars. So, and the fact that we're now using it now in a much different way, awfully convenient. Especially whenever you have ancient civilizations that were um, building mega structures to a precise degree to line up with true north and other and constellations and stuff like that. Yeah. And into an incredibly precise degree. That stuff is fascinating. Even it to the is. point of like sealing. Mm -hmm. Like being airtight. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have 10,000 pound doors that can be pushed with a, with a finger. Our, our modern machines can't do that. Yeah. No, I kind of got into that with a coworker the other day. He was like, "It, yeah, there's something going on there where it's like, we've been to this point before, but 
something happened and we were more or less reset. I think yeah, uh, it the, was very different too. Yeah, very very different. The technology that they gave us is the the most destructive technology that they've they've given back to us, and so this is why we're in this like death spiral right now. Yeah, I mean, I agree. There is lots of secret knowledge that is hidden and purposely, um, I, I guess, uh, just hidden from us. Because if you control the knowledge, you control the people. It's a simple fact of life. Yeah. The word anything... occult is hidden. And, and they occult things as a verb. Yep, it's been occulted. Yeah. Definitely well, a major what the fuck, though. Well, does anybody have any... I, I've got one more topic we could fall into, but does anybody else have anything? I didn't bring anything specifically. Yeah. The... Uh, you know, the world is so full of what the fucks, it's almost hard to decide. But I think this, yeah, you know, I think this, um, like teen takeover thing is interesting. Mm -hmm. And maybe we watch, you know, I here, hang on. I'll, I'll give you a link here, Dennis, but I don't think we need to watch the whole thing. Um, I just found this interesting in that, like, we, we all like saw what happened up in Chicago. Yeah, we saw what happened during BLM. And um it's just this this response I found to be kind of fucked up. Well, and how many people did you see during the BLM riots that were under or that were over 30? Oh, I couldn't even say. Um only the criminals who got let out of jail. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that was young people that were rioting, and a lot of it is because um, they don't have that respect for other people's property and the fact that they've built that over their lifetime, I feel. Well, and I think a big part of the riots, you know, I, I, I will continue to like say that lockdown had as much to do with it as anything oh. else. Yeah. You know, uh, I agree. Yeah. But I found but it, this, it, I found this response interesting about the teen takeovers. This is like, this is the mayor elect who's mm -hmm. about to take office in Chicago. Um, were you about to say something, Mando? Yeah. The, uh, the funny thing about the lockdowns having that effect on this is that, um, it had the opposite effect on the other side because a lot of people saw that lockdowns were fake because the media kept saying things like, well, if you're going to go out, go out in the streets and attend this. Cause this is, you know, th this is important. This is, you know, the civil rights movement. This is all, all these things. So mm -hmm. the media telling everybody to go out and riot and that it's okay to, you know, go out while there's a scamdemic going on was, was a big part of that. And it, it opened eyes on the other side. 
Yeah. All right, I'll go ahead and pull up that clip for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think it uh go ahead and pull that clip up, Dennis. It's yeah. it's applicable here. Yeah. And I, I do agree with you, Ando. It's it's definitely has something to do with it. Judy Brandon Johnson was here today. It was a big day. And although his inauguration is still more than a month away, his speech today to the General Assembly seemed more like a campaign speech as he was looking to win votes from the lawmakers who support he will need. But today, Johnson also addressing the chaos over the weekend in Chicago. Brandon Johnson with a very warm welcome from a joint session of the Democrat-controlled General Assembly. I'm here today to establish a productive, collaborative, an energetic partnership to invest in the people of Chicago and the engine of this economy here in Illinois. Johnson making his pitch for investments to deal with pressing problems for Chicago, including getting money for education and getting at the root causes of violence. He also talked of more funding for police mental health. And the truth is, we do have shared values and shared challenges. We have seen the kind of crime and violence that has torn families and communities apart too long. But afterwards, Johnson speaking publicly for the first time about weekend violence that caused chaos in downtown Chicago and along the lakefront. The violence that that happened over the weekend and the violence that happens um, too many weekends and too many days course we don't condone that behavior. Johnson denied he was sending mixed messages over the weekend in a statement where he said the violence can't be condoned, but also said it was not constructive to demonize youth. Today, he was doubling down on that sentiment. So don't give people false choices. We get to do both, you all. It is well past due that we put an end to this dynamic that somehow not make it. Look, demonizing children is wrong. We have to keep them safe as well. All right. That's good. I like the dude in the background that's kind of like not sure what the fuck this dude's talking about. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's just constantly scrunched up like what? Yeah. Uh, what? Okay. What the fuck are you talking about? Okay. Yeah. You're making a good point now. Well, you're okay. You're going back off course. All right. Here's, here's my hot take. And I think it would solve a lot of issues. Change the legal age of adulthood to 15 for you so you can trial them as adults no so so that basically um so they can be responsible for their own actions yeah yeah these are not children these are not children that are committing these acts of violence and and right, you know what right. If a 15-year-old wants to get a sex change and they want to make that decision for themselves, indemnify the parents at, the, at that point. You know, t- 10 to 12-year-old, year old, that's a whole nother thing. 13, 15, I don't know, man. I'm just saying, like... Just driving school. I'm just saying, well, it's like 100 years ago, 15-year-olds were soldiers and blacksmiths and you fill in the blank yeah, they were you know? learning trades not just being babysat they're being yeah they're they're being treated like babies you know and my and so grandparents got married when they were 16 yeah so see yeah yeah 100 yeah. percent. 
maybe that's the source of a lot of these issues man is fucking like 14 to to 19 year olds being treated like babies you know i don't know where exactly you draw the line but yeah even beyond i remember i tried to go back to college when i was like 23 and Mm. just the way they infantilize you like it's unbearable (laughs) i lasted one semester and then i was like yeah i'm not doing another one screw that um, I had gotten used to, you know, actually working in the workforce and being treated like a human and getting paid for my work instead of paying for it, you know. Well, um, and mm-hmm. being a younger guy, you know, I'm 21. I see it all the time. I see people that are my age that are basically still 15 years old mentally. Like they have no responsibilities. They have no bills. They have nothing that makes them an adult even at 21, 22, even 23 years old. Hell, I work with people that can't even get into work on time and they live 15 minutes away. If that, like some people like work two minutes away and they're still having issues getting to work on time because <laughs> they were coddled their entire life. And I think you've got a responsibility. You've got a lot of time to develop bad habits Yes. between between puberty and the age of say 18 you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you know falling asleep in math class when you're a junior in high school because it doesn't fucking matter and your teacher doesn't give a shit and like nobody ever nobody ever there's no consequence right it's like you get to live up to you know 18 years old that's by by our fucking uh life expectancy that's darn near a quarter of your life on this planet and you're not expected to be anything but a child for yeah. A, yeah you know like until you're until you're fucking 19 that's fucking ridiculous man okay as far as this proposal goes um Raise the voting age, though, at the same time. Raise it to, like, 30 years. Okay, no. Fuck a voting age. Let's say no voting age, but you can't vote until you own property. Yeah, that sounds fair enough. Um, (laughs) If you don't own land... I mean, it's not like they're really counting them anyway. Yeah. 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 No. Hey, but if you can own land by the time you're 15 years old, you got every right to vote. Fuck well, it. and the way the the best way to vote is the way they do it in that town in Mexico, where they just line up in front of the candidate. Like to vote, you actually have to go and be there oh, and in person. Line up in front of the candidate, and whoever has the longest line wins. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. Talk about direct democracy. Yeah. Uh, so if you had to have your to... deed with you, then you could do that too, I guess. I don't know, man. I'm just saying, like, if the lights go out, 15, 16, 17-year-olds, they're going to be just as deadly as anybody else, potentially, you know? Yeah. As it always has been. I mean, yeah, you it's funny they're, they're younger. I mean, they're going to be able to move quicker and, and just be overall a better fighting force because they're not hindered by old injuries. Hmm. 
teenagers are this scariest force that nobody really thinks about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I'm walking down the road and I see them, I'm like, ah, just kids walk on like i don't pay much attention a lot of the time you know but i mean stay away from the store like skaters in a store i was like what's going on here but uh yeah no they they will do things (laughs) without a second thought they will they will you know a a teenager will will straight up kill a person um and, and not even have a second thought about it they're insane and that that's why one of the reasons why the age was raised. But the other reason was that the boomers wanted to have everything and not really raise their kids. You know, the boomers were like they were allowed to, you know, walk down to the convenience store and buy cigarettes at 12. And, you know, they were like in their teenage years, they were stealing neighbors cars and joyriding them. But they didn't like it too much whenever it turned around on them. Yeah. Well, and and the risk assessment that teenagers have is is willfully like just under what an adult is. Um, I know there's there's shit that I would have done as a kid that I would not do now, and I know all my friends were the same way. I mean, that's just that part of your brain is not fully developed yet, and a lot of that is also stunted by being coddled your entire life and giving no responsibility. There's things I did in my 30s I wouldn't do today, so. <laughs> All right, so I think my stance is that maybe the, the cutoff should be puberty. Like, until you've gone through puberty, you're a child, and after puberty, you're an adult. Dennis, I'm sending you a link here, and um, the reason I say it that way is because why do you think they're pushing puberty blockers? You know they've already they've they, they've succeeded in making young adults right. into into perpetual adolescence, like psychologically. Now they want to do it physically. They want yeah. perpetual adolescence. I mean, it makes or you perpetual weak infants. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. But puberty is the enemy because puberty creates maturity. Well, that's part of the the targeting here. They're targeting young people for this, and and they go younger and younger because they're vulnerable to the programming. They're they're susceptible to the the TikToks and the Reddits and the Discords that are all about transitioning, and so yeah. they wouldn't have the this wouldn't have the popularity that it has, and it's still a fraction. It's it's still less than one percent of the population that, but they make a ton of noise. They they ruin women's sports. They you know they creep people out in the showers and in the bathrooms. Uh, but they're making they're making uh, the medical industry tons and tons and tons of money. So that's part of the reason this is pushed. And the other part of the reason that this is pushed is because it it, it helps in this cultural decline. And uh, I was just making the point earlier to somebody that the the, the true stuff wasn't you know. It, it wasn't, it's not a brand new concept. Uh, like the little Richard song, Tutti Fruity, was uh, about a man that dressed as a woman. Um, and, uh, and of course, there's Lola. And then you've got that, this story that's in uh, the Velvet Underground song, um, uh, uh, Take a Walk on the Wild Side, about the, the guy changing sex, whatever. Now, 
it goes back further than that. There was there was Unix, of course, but then there was also Castrati's. And that's something the church was doing. They were cutting off, snipping kids' balls before they hit puberty. Puberty blockers. Here we go again. And uh, and there's a big theory as to you know it's it's hey why have we seen so many of these uh, these celebrities look like they have a package like Lady Gaga and Taylor Swift. Um, I I could show you a picture of Taylor Swift where you're like that's the dong, you know. Um, and it's possible that they're part of some sort of like secret castrati thing um at least that's what i've collected watching these bit shoot videos that i'm have a small obsession with uh with the secret trans stuff it's it's really interesting you know there's there's a lot of these famous people with adam's apples and what looks like a package wouldn't it and, also you know, be really easy to like digitally fake that now though well yeah, i remember but- the I remember the Lady Gaga has a dong thing being around since I was in high I've school. I've heard that one before. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard the Taylor Swift one before. It's hard to imagine. She was like, wasn't she a child star? She was on some show. Well, or that's no. what they do. They get them the whenever home. they're really young. And, and they the go yeah. I'm I'm probably thinking of uh, Miley Cyrus or some shit. Yeah. That's well, so, so is it <laughs> probably is it, her too? Yeah, really. Is it some kind of form of child sacrifice if you never allow a child to mature to adulthood via via? Well, yeah, because you're killing part of them. Right, you're killing a part of what they might have been. Yeah. So, so Dennis, do you have this? Do you have this link up? Yeah, pull it up here. Mr. Chair, I rise in opposition to these amendments and uh... pause. Pause real quick. So this is a this is a transgendered Congress person from (laughs) from the state of Montana. A stringy haired male in in a dress in a dress. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Letter Um, in the governor's letter. um, He said Montanans who struggle with their gender identity deserve love, compassion and respect. That's not what trans Montanans need from you. We need access to the medical care that saves our lives. And these are hollow words coming from someone whose amendments are gonna make it harder to access that care. The bill says it does not prohibit social affirmations. That's not necessarily true. It prohibits the use of state buildings for advocating for or allowing social transitioning. It says that it allows the access to psychotherapy that treat Montanans struggling with their gender identity. If you disallow the use of the medical care that is accepted by every major medical association, if you disallow that care and don't allow people to to have access to that, the only therapy left is either A, meaningless, or B, conversion therapy, which is torture. I also want to point out, again, gender-affirming care is not Orwellian newspeak, as it says in this letter. It is accepted by every major medical association. I will also say what I said down in committee earlier. Uh, this bill uses, um, tries to define male and female as binary. You could not legislate binary sex any more than you could legislate the, that the earth is flat. Intersex people exist, trans people exist, and this bill doesn't change that. Um, 
Lastly, I would say that there were conversations at the end of this, uh, at the very end of the bill, uh, the letter that says life-altering medical procedures should wait until they are adults. Um, what I will say is if you are, by this bill and by the, what these amendments do, if you are forcing a trans child to go through puberty when they are trans, that is tantamount to torture. And this body should be ashamed. And if you vote right. yes on this amendment... So if you force a trans child to go through puberty, that is tantamount to torture, according to this person. And when I, when I first heard that, I thought, nobody is forcing anybody to go through puberty except God. Right? That's like, the that's whole transhumanist movement. Yep. Transhumanism, yep. you know, try to outsmart God. That's that's what this whole thing is is coming from. So on the and, last WTF, you might remember, Ando, I, I I brought up the letter that No Agenda got from like the quote unquote official no agenda tranny. And I meant to play it, but I forgot as we as our conversation carried on but i pulled it up again now um and i really think this is worth hearing any thoughts you want to share maybe beforehand go ahead but i don't mean to cut you off uh, well the orwellian newspeak thing uh it, okay first of all trans kids then there's the other one uh uh gender affirming care um and the the whole thing it, it's it's insanity and and the cultivation of this insanity is it it, it really just bothers me. It, it's that they're that they're pred predating on children with this. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, the fact like, that it's it's totally irreversible, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's irreversible, and it it, it there's so many people that are trying to detransition. I, I keep seeing more and more of these every single week. And that, like, their stories are all sad. And what you're about to say has a has a big thing to do with that. So go ahead and yeah. read that letter or play it. Do you Bear, have the audio of Adam reading? Yeah, I've got the audio. But Bear Snare, okay. you you sounded like you had something to say. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, one thing she said in there um, made me think. Yeah, there's like a place for people who are born intersex or like hermaphrodites or whatever. But like, you shouldn't really need a whole lot of really special care like maybe you need some of both male and female care or whatever but like i don't know like it doesn't seem it, i don't think it's even that common of a thing to really like be an issue um yeah it's it's all it's all fake it's all clown it's all pretending it's all playing make-believe and like mutilation at the same time well they're not which... they're not talking about people that are born hermaphroditic which no i know is, like she says a certain so like that's yeah, they always and i'm like yeah okay but that doesn't take all this hoopla <laughs> yeah yeah they always yeah. use an outlier to make their points yeah. yeah all right so let's let's listen to this hopefully it comes through i'm just gonna play it through my phone and like hold it to the microphone but it's the easiest way to do it but here we go so we also have gay and lesbian and yes we have trans people 
Then we've always read emails from the official tranny of No Agenda, Ali Jade. Can y'all hear that? And I received yes. an email this morning that uh, that Ali lower it a little bit. Ali Jade or back off a little bit. Uh, want me wants me to share with everybody, and then it leads into what's really happening here. And this is uh, Ali Jade announcing the official transgender tranny of No Agenda retirement. I, I'm reading verbatim. I'm sending this as my resignation as official tranny of No Agenda. After almost 11 years or so, it's time to move on. I am by no way stopping listening to the best podcast in the universe, but I can no longer provide any insight to the show for this crazy transgender-filled world. A population that can't and shouldn't be more than a small speck of a percentage somehow balloons to a larger speck of a percentage as now and now is in the news cycle to the point of ad nauseum. I had hoped as the time passed there would be a cure to rid myself of mental issues that had me seek care and then transition. But alas, it is now seen as normal and doesn't need to be fixed. It needs to be amped up, and then the drugs come, and changes apparently should happen sooner and sooner. I do not wish any ill will on the poor souls going through this. When they get older, they will have enough to worry about and endure. You two are the only ones saying it, and it's the hard truth. I am a medical cash cow. I have to get meds until death, and there's a high probability that hormone treatments led to my multiple sclerosis, a study out of Boston, I believe. So thousands of dollars in MRI treatments and doctor's appointments followed. Then throw in the eventual medical issues that will come with AIDS for being on hormone treatment to my male anatomy. How about not being able to control your bladder much anymore and always worrying about accidents? No, I am not a woman. I play the part of a woman in the world I respect and do not go into areas where changing is done i do my best to adapt and blend in as not as not even appear as male or transgender i know i'm a product of inherent sin and the distance from the perfection lost in the garden of eden i do not blame god for this i ask for his forgiveness and help dealing with this every day as i know i cannot go this alone keep deconstructing this and keep being honest you are on the right path you and john have never said anything that shouldn't have been said and i take no ill will from those statements this has kind of turned into a confession as I have no one else to say this to. I'm not strong enough to come out as an advocate to warn people of the dangers ahead, but I hope that you two can be that. Take it from an older person. There's a lot they don't tell these kids and will have to deal, and I've had to deal with from 24 until death. Sadly, they will have to deal with from a very early age until death, and it's not going to be easy road. Good luck and Godspeed to those who do. This kind of blew me away, John. She has MS? Yes. Ugh. And bladder control issues and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, going MS is, the, is yeah. yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, so that's an honest letter from somebody who has gone through this shit. It sounds you like know, a death sentence. Oh yeah, oh yeah. A lot of them will never have an orgasm. Will never have proper. Um, bladder function you know uh, urination you know issues of all kinds i i would imagine once you go through a surgery you know and like surgery aside you're fucking with your fucking hormones man as if our hormones are not already under assault from all of the you know xenoestrogen in our in our water in our food in our packaging you know, it's just, it's, it's insanity. It's insanity, man. And when I heard this the first time, I literally, I was, I like, I, I was blown away. I'm like, 
this is the only honest thing I've heard in a long time. It felt like, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely this is a really sad fate. Yeah. Shit, man. That's the thing that they're victimizing yeah. all these people. Like all these people are are medical experiments by these psychopaths. And and that, the other thing that the uh, the Montana legislator was mm -hmm. saying that that the uh, all the medical boards boards agree with him. Um, and and uh, on this subject, they have agree about gender affirming care. Look at what the medical boards have done to us over the last three years. So, right. you know, I, I mean, using that as your official thing, uh, they, they have they have done so much damage to us in the last in, in just the last three years beyond that, obviously. But, you know, uh, all the drugs that people are having problems with on the streets now are are legal pharmaceuticals. They're, they're things made by pharmaceutical com and companies. It's not it's not the heroin and crack anymore. It's the fentanyl and Adderall, you know? Yeah. The cash well, cow. And, and um, the, the, the wild thing is that there, there are European countries. I want to say, like, particularly, like, in Scandinavia, you know, like Sweden, Denmark, uh, Norway. These are the places that, like, pioneered, quote-unquote, gender-affirming care for minors. And after doing it for maybe... 15 20 years they are now banning it because they saw not not only less than positive results you know it's like the the argument the argument is that if these these trans kids do not get gender affirming care they will commit suicide the argument should be the exact opposite you yeah, give this yeah, you give this, you give this treatment to somebody before they even have the chance to go through puberty and the chances of them being suicidal later in life are way higher having gotten the care than having not, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm making an assumption here, but there's a reason why it's being banned in Europe. Meanwhile, in, in America, it's being pushed and promoted Yeah, I think there's, there's been... another thing. These kids don't have any life experience. I mean, you know, sometimes you, I mean, it does take to 18 or 21 with some people, you know. I mean, um, I'm not going to rant again about trannies. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't do three in a row. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, really, I think Trance. these people have, you know, mental issues that do need to be addressed, like the, the person stated in the in the letter, right? I mean, you know, maybe... Maybe they need to be adjudicated earlier, you know, and pulled aside and, you know, have their mental issues addressed. And if if they're truly, you know, trans or whatever they are, that they can be treated and, you know, transition once they hit a certain age. But, you know, I mean, there's not just this rampant population of trans people running around. We just have a lot of mentally ill people that are probably latching on to something just to get attention. I mean, how long until we start, um, you know, just fixing or uh, spay, you know, spay and neuter your kid before they're even, you know, old enough to talk, right? Because of population 
control. You know, like we do it with our dogs and our cats. Why not with our kids? You know, like how far away from that? that? A lot of people. How far away from that are we? Honestly, you know. Say what now? Which one of us? Sorry, I'm talking to you. No, uh, I just said, I mean, you already see the rise in vasectomies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they're pushing it for young guys. I know a number of people not terribly advanced in age that have gotten vasectomies because they figure I'm not going to I'm not going to contribute to the population growth. We're going to be in real trouble. We're going to be in real trouble in 50 years. It might have just helped a whole lot of people not reproduce. Yeah, yeah. All at once in the last couple. One of, of my years. big things lately uh, that I've been ranting about is is false scarcities. I, I ranted about it with uh, with Mike the other day, and I ranted about it mm-hmm. with Bear Snare um, in his recent episode. Now, uh, the false scarcity, the biggest one, is is love, and that that's what's happening to people. They you know all of these people have a hollow space to fill. And that that's that's why people are turning to this and, and going into the the attention economy and things like that. And that is mm. that is because our society is getting further and further away from Christ. And that is that is why there's that hollow space. And tapping into Christ is tapping into infinite love. And as soon as people start doing that, then we can start healing. But at this point where we're at, uh you know, part of the reason why society has subverted us so much and pushed us far away from, from God is because they need this hollow space in order to control us. And and it happens every time under God. Um, that's, that's what happened in the in the Soviet regime and it happened in uh, the Great Leap Forward with Mao. Uh, they made a, lig- a religion illegal. And, and this has just happened in a much more subtle way so as as people get further away, more and more people are going to get crazy and and sad and lonely and do terrible things to themselves and and let their kids do terrible things to themselves and even celebrate that and virtue signal about that. Um, and virtue signaling is narcissism. So um, yeah. keep that in mind. These narcissistic parents are parading their trans kid. So there you go. Yeah. Hope I'm not just podcasting the virtue signal. <laughs> well, it's a fine line, man, but like <laughs> I think there's a diff there's a difference between having something worth saying and like saying what you what you think people want to hear. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's not even that fine of a line. I think it's a pretty clear line. Like, are you are you doing shit to get praise or are you doing shit because you think it's right? and true you know yeah it i feel like i've done very little in a lot of ways for like Mm. as far as speaking out and stuff and i felt like man i just gotta like start doing it you know start saying and i make mistakes too i say things that aren't true unfortunately but oh we all we all do man (laughs) we all do yeah i try i try yeah and yeah i i agree with ando like Getting getting back to in person relationships and um, getting in touch with 
our creator is pretty important. Oh, and how many of these people just, it's not even something along those lines. It could be that they were abused whenever they were kids or just, yeah, yeah. I think that I leads mean, to a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, and it's not even necessarily abuse, but it's a lack of attention from their parents. I mean, I, I see it in people that I grew up with where they didn't get attention from parents. And so they would lash out at school and try to be the center of attention just so that someone would notice them. And Mm -hmm. I I feel like that's a lot, like a lot of that kind of community. Yeah. Well, speaking of, um, you know, in-person connection and getting back to the things that matter, who's, who's going to Childerberg? Oh, you know, I am Mike. Uh Uh-huh. I know Ando is. I'll be there. Yeah. It might be the same weekend that I actually have a wedding to go to. So, Skinwalker. Yeah. Garrett, you coming? coming, It looks like I'm going to have a lot of free time coming up. Yeah. Oh, you better come down, man. It'd be great to meet you in person. Yeah. 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 If I. If uh, the next two weeks go how I think they will, I'll uh, I'll be looking for some new opportunity in Texas. Awesome! Oh, awesome! Nice. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, you know, I'm just kind of over it at this point. Just indifferent, you know. <laughs> but it'd be nice to meet some new people and make some connections. Well, Childerberg's yeah, the yeah. place for that, man. It's the place for that. Yep. I'm, I'm yep. interested in seeing the new campsite. I'm excited. Yeah, it, it looks like it might be a little bit more like uh, private, close, like tight, like closer together, you know? Yeah. Oh, I hope yeah. so. That was so much fucking walking. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm really thinking about motorbi- motorbiking my way down there, taking a couple extra days and like making a making a long journey of it, you know? Easy peasy, easy rider. Yeah, I'm thinking about buying. I'm thinking about buying a video camera and making a documentary film along the way. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we'll Sounds see. Like we'll a see. Cool idea. Yeah, a little a little travel doc, you know, and uh, you know, like Childerberger bust. Here we come. Man, I get sore on a motorcycle, even going long distances. I haven't done any longer trips. Yeah, it'd be about twenty hours in the saddle with his pedal biking. I can't imagine my ass would be so sore. My ass gets sore riding like twelve miles. (laughs) My very first bicycle tour, I I did it on a bike that had uh, regular, you know, those typical regular handlebars that go, you know, grip and then the dip and then grip. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Um, Not on. not on like road bike bars that are that are drop bars. Um, what I tend to use right now, I, I really like the butterfly shaped bars. I feel like those are really great for long distance. But uh, on these straight bars that I had, um, my wrist hurt more than my ass, and uh, and that's that's the thing is uh, you you have five places you touch the bike: your feet, your hands, your butt. If you make yeah. sure all five of yeah. those are comfortable, you are all set. And uh, and yeah, yeah, it might not be the most comfortable thing, uh, 
on a short distance trip, you could find something more co- comfortable for short distance, but something a little less comfortable, but endures better for a long distance trip is the best way to go on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So are you clipping into the bike and wearing the suit and all that? No suit, never a suit. I, uh, I, I have a couple of spandex articles of clothing, uh, but I don't like to let that flag fly. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm like a cycling tourist slash mountain biker. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a road warrior. No, so I don't even wrong. like to wear a helmet. No, I, I, yeah, I'm not a spandex guy. I'm just not. Too bad for us. Yeah, I think you'd look pretty good in some spandex there, Ando. <laughs> I think I think latex would be good on the road. Skid resistant, you know. <laughs> Well, now that I've got this these these uh, sheath boxers that I, I bought from listening to uh, to Dave Smith, um, yeah, <laughs> that, you know it puts my package in a nice place, so it's it's not as embarrassing to wear spandex. I kind of want to try them. Do you like them? I've used them for biking too. Uh, they're pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the, I'm saying, the, man, the best kind are. The best ones are mesh. There's there's yeah. a whole bunch of varieties, but the mesh ones yeah. are the are are the ones that I like the most. Well, the idea appeals to me. You know, a long day of pushing a wheelbarrow can wreak havoc on the inner thighs. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, if I wear regular <laughs> underwear now after wearing these, I'm like, man, my package is going all over the place, and I don't <laughs> like that. I like it to be secure. And it's dick bra, and 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 I don't know why none of the there's so many comedians that talk about sheath underwear, but none of them have ever said dick bra. I don't think. I'm pretty sure they have. Yeah, yeah. So you know, get a dick bra, guys. They're pretty cool. And uh, and tell them Dave Smith or Robbie the Fire or uh or Ryan Long saying yeah. They're cool well, until it, something gets out of place, and then it gets a little weird. Right, right. There is. You know, if if you do get out of place while you have the little container, it yeah. you have to fix you have to fix it immediately. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> you can get a pinched nut sack or something pretty easily. Maybe yeah, dig so bras are good. They're, they're usually pretty comfy and definitely some support. It's nice. It seems to me that it shouldn't have took this long to to figure out male underwear. <laughs> you know. It's the one good thing that came from the Iraq war. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. You know, we uh, supposedly we landed on the moon 50 years ago and we're still figuring out how to properly support the mail package. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. So when you say mesh, are you talking like, like for swim trunks? Cause that just, that to me, that sounds like a cheese grater. No, it's not. <laughs> it, it's like athletic mesh where uh, it's just, it's a, hole and then a couple of centimeters and another hole it's not like it's not like something out of like a gay club or something like that centimeters man that's being generous yeah (laughs) no (laughs) no i mean the pattern of of porous areas on the on yeah i'm not saying (laughs) well i'm saying i'm saying og i mean cheese grater like you got some cheese? What's going on, man? Oh yeah, man, Pamunda. Yeah, yeah. So I got some Parmesan for that ragu. 
Well, you know, fellas, we've been going for uh well over two hours. I'm thinking we should probably wrap her up. Yeah, it's past my bedtime. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, last last chance. I'm gonna, you know, I'll I'll say one more time. Easy peasy podcast. Uh, if you wanna if you wanna buy my book, it's Heyduke 2029. You can get the link at easypeasy.ittybitty.tips. Any other plugs? Um, AKs and assholes podcast. Uh, we shit post and we just talk gun shit. Um, like I said, I'm officially a co-host now, so I get to advertise it more. It's badass, man. Nope. Um, find us on AKs and assholes on Twitter. Find me at Voodoo Boomstick on Twitter. Um, yeah. Burn Babylon Burn on Podcatchers. And if you want to find my link tree, it's uh, libertylinks.io slash the Doom Kitchen. I'm on Twitter as the Doom Kitchen and the Doom Kitchen at protonmail.com. If you want to tell me I said terrible, mean things about crazy Trooney tunes, <laughs> or that I'm racist, or whatever you want to say, <laughs> none of it bothers me anymore. Bear snare. My friends hate freedom podcast. Um, yeah, and look for bear snare. This is an OG. Fun. Thanks for inviting me on. Of course, man. Cool. OG uh, dad the, only, the only thing I wanted to say, I didn't get to speak on the uh, Chicago situation, but fuck them kids. <laughs> <laughs> fuck them kids. It's... But 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 we can't we can't demonize them chillins. We can't demonize the chillins. You know the one Ooh. thing I'll say, the one thing I'll say on behalf of that uh, on on behalf of that their politician, at least he didn't try to be you know uh, uh you know Reverend uh, <laughs> Jackson or some bullshit. You know <laughs> he ain't he ain't he ain't pretending to be Malcolm X, so he's got that going. But anyways, y'all, thanks for coming to the WTF Forum. I appreciate it. We'll do another one soon. Oh, yeah. Later. Peace, peace out, y'all. Yeah. <laughs>